Well, g'day, Dave. How are you going, mate? Good, mate. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. Thanks so much for being able to tune in with us today and preach for us again. Last time you preached for us, I think was the last time we got to meet together before lockdown. So we blame you. Yeah, well, the church here blames me as well. So there's two churches that blame me. Very good. <laughs> and Dave, for those of you who haven't met you, um, where are you from? Like, which church are you pastoring? Yeah, we're at Salt Church, Bonnie Hills. And Bonnie Hills is about oh, 20k south of Port Macquarie. And uh, your parents, uh, Judy and Rich, they were part of our church, Salt Church, for a few years. Yep. yep. And we pinched them and brought them up here. Yeah, I hope you're, hope you're looking after them because they're treasures, I tell you. Yeah, you're probably better off without them. Even if they are mum and dad. <laughs> um, now, Dave, you're, you're going to do something a little bit different for us today. You've got two short sermons. Do you want to just tell us how that's going to work? Yeah, yeah. Look, um, during lockdown, um, Fiona and I have had our own project. So she's been making stuffed toys for the grandkids. And I've been doing short talks on, on YouTube. And I started off by looking at the book of Ecclesiastes and... Uh, ended up doing 38 talks in a row on that book and then Philippians and now James. And I'm loving just looking at these little bite-sized pieces. And so when uh, you asked me if I'd speak, um, it came to mind that those short little talks might really be ideal. So instead of a sermon, we're going to have two short talks, both on the topic of how we use our tongue, uh, how our speech can be for great good or it can actually cause great harm. And we need to watch our words. So it's a, a good time to think about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's really good, mate. I think it, it cut out just slightly as you're talking, but you said, you said the word tongue, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, well, there you go. That, there's a little intro for everybody. People I hope that helps you settle into what Dave says to us today. It's good, it's good to have you preaching to us, mate. Pleasure. And um, you could think of us while we think of you. Absolutely. We'll do. Alrighty. See you later. See you, mate. G'day, Dave here, and we're looking at James chapter 3 from verse 2, looking at the power of words, the impact of our speech, uh, controlling the tongue, how our words can make a big impact. And, of course, the metaphor that's used here is that of the tongue. I remember being told as a young fellow to hold my tongue. Uh, didn't mean I literally had to hold it. It's hard to talk if you do. I've been told to watch my mouth. Again, a metaphor. I wasn't really being asked to go and look into the mirror and see what my mouth looked like. Uh, and I, I know that there's a saying in wartime, loose lips sink ships. Uh, it's not that lips are flapping around doing something. It's that the words that are told to the wrong people at the wrong time could sabotage a naval fleet. Now, words can do huge good, but what we so often see, sadly, is the destruction that our words can bring. And that's what he describes for us here in James 3. It says, We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who's never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Now, that's not me, and I suspect that's not you, but it is Jesus. And we'll come back to Jesus, but in Jesus we see the one who is perfect. We see the one who never tells a lie, the one who never deceives, the one who never abuses people with language, the one who never boasts, and the one who never uses his words for any harm. It's only for good, and it's only the truth. And of course, none of us can effectively say that that's been us. He goes on to use a number of metaphors just to show how powerful words can be. Verse 3, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal, 
uh, to the thing that the horse bites on and you pull the reins and the horse goes this way or the horse goes that way or so I'm told. I don't think you should ever get on something that's got its own mind. I'm happy to ride a motorbike but a horse, well, it might take me anywhere. Or take ships as an example. Although they're so large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Now, I don't know much about big ships, but I do ride on a kayak. My kayak has a rudder. And if that rudder's down and in the water, I just need a small movement of that tiny little rudder to point the kayak the way that it should go. If I forget to put the rudder in the water, then I will be going this way and that way all over the place and I will not be able to steer it. He continues, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great fire is set, uh, sorry, what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Now that's something that we've seen recently, isn't it? You think about the fires across most of Australia uh, in December and January into February, the massive amount of forest that was destroyed, possibly sometimes by a small spark. An ember in one fire caught by the wind goes to another fire or some careless uh, driver flicking a cigarette butt out the window and a fire is started and before you know it there's forests lost, there's houses lost and sadly sometimes there are lives that are lost. Well so it is with our words. Small thing, simply saying something can have a massive impact on others. We need to understand the power of the tongue but it's not just others that can be affected by our speech, it affects us as well uh, and it's a window into what's going on inside us. The way that we speak is kind of a barometer for where we're at, um, how we're thinking, what's important to us, uh, and how we treat others. So verse 6, The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. See, if we are abusing other people, it's not just them that are hurt. We're actually hurting ourselves. We're destroying ourselves. We're corrupting ourselves. And who loves that? Well, it's not God. And it's not others. That's loved by hell itself. That's satanic. It's only the devil that gets any joy in seeing us using our tongues for evil. Uh, he goes on to use the picture of taming the tongue. Verse 7, All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. Well, it's not a terribly encouraging picture of the tongue, is it? And uh, we need to see this in context. And we're just taking one snippet from James chapter 3. We need to read back. We need to read forward and see that there's a bigger picture. And we're not left in despair. But for now, I think we, re we really need to understand the impact that our words can have. Uh, words, of course, can be used for truth or lies. And great deception can be brought about by the things that we say. And it's heartbreaking, really, for a parent to see their child tell his or her first lie. You're kind of hoping that there's going to be an innocent one, but we all do it. And it doesn't take too long for a young child. We do it to get out of trouble. We do it to make ourselves look better. And it's a serious problem, and it's a habit. And it's about looking to ourselves and putting ourselves first or whether it's grumbling and complaining, uh, unhappy with what's going on and whinging and carrying on, whether it's cynicism and uh, hostility towards others, anger, fighting, boasting, cynicism, criticism, gossip, flattery, 
uh, swearing, manipulating, deceiving, blunt, inconsideration, we do damage, don't we? Damage to ourselves, damage to relationships. We destroy our marriages, our families, our workplaces, our neighbourhoods. Even our churches can be destroyed with loose lips, with people speaking falsehood out of anger, uh, out of pride, uh, not out of love, but out of malice. You see, great damage can be done with our words. And James is calling us to harness our words. How can we do that? Where is there help to be found? Well, already, I think there's a couple of things to remember in James. Back in chapter 1, we're told if we lack wisdom, then to pray. And I take it that if we need help in any area, we should come before God and ask for him to help us. Secondly, we're told to be quick to listen, but slow to speak. Don't fire back. Don't use your tongue to bring harm upon other people. Don't fire back when people treat you badly, but rather count to 10. Slow down, think about it, and work out how to respond in a way which will bring peace rather than incite uh, warfare. Uh, and of course, we ultimately need God's help if we're going to change our lips because our lips, our tongues, our words, they're really symptoms of our heart. And so we ought to come before God and ask him to be changing our hearts, changing our hearts so that what flows out of our mouths brings glory to him. Let's pray that God will help our words to be words of life and not words of death. G'day, Dave here. And we're looking at James chapter 3. I've got a confession to make, and I know it's not particularly politically correct, but when I was growing up, I loved playing cowboys and Indians. Uh, I'd dress up, I'd get a bow and arrow, or I'd, I'd get a cowboy hat and a gun, and I'd have fun with my friends. It was a good time. And I still love cowboys and Indians, or at least I, I love the Wild West movies. I love shows uh, that portray the the wild kind of frontiers of the US. And Clint Eastwood, I think, would have to be my favourite actor in Westerns. Uh, the Outlaw, Josie Wales, Pale Rider, they're right up there with my favourite movies. And when I was a young fellow, I watched a TV show, which was hilarious. It was called F Troop. And there were a bunch of soldiers who were really a, a pack of clowns, basically, uh, in this troop, F Troop, out in the Wild West. And there were Native Americans, I think they call them the Hakawi tribe, and they would often be involved in banter uh, with the F Troop. And there was this phrase, and I don't know if I, I originally heard it on F Troop or whether it's just synonymous with the Wild West, where imagine there's some kind of treaty that's uh, being made with the, the white man and the Native Americans. And the chief would say something like, we know white men speak with forked tongue. And it was true because there'd be some kind of uh, double deal taking place and you couldn't really trust him. And it's not just white men who speak with forked tongue. It's women. It's uh, not just white people. In fact, it's a problem that we've all got. And it's the problem that James is talking about here, the forked tongue. That is, we can say one thing here and say something completely different over there. And the severe example of this that he's going to say is we can speak in one way of God and another way of people, and it's totally inconsistent because we forget that people are actually the image of God. So it's so forked 
to say this of God and something totally different of the image of God. Uh, Turn with me to James 3 and verse 9. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water come from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. You see, there's a massive inconsistency. And that's true, isn't it? I I sadly have to... Uh, acknowledge the fact that I've often been guilty of this. And in fact, it's a dreadful problem for people in ministry to be involved, say, in, in a squabble at home, to be speaking rudely to my kids or in an argument with my wife and then turn up to church and here's, here's the holy minister speaking things of God, telling the truth from God's word, and yet his family knows how he's been speaking to them only minutes before. And there's a dreadful inconsistency here. It's it's just so hollow to say one thing at church, to say one thing on Sunday, and yet treat our families or our workmates or our neighbours or people in the street, people in the traffic in a completely different way on Monday through to Saturday. See, God's calling us to be consistent and, and for our consistency to be shaped by him. God has given us his spirit to transform us. He's given us his word that we might live that out in our lives. And we are to be people who are consistent. We shouldn't be forked tongue. We shouldn't be salt and fresh water coming from the same place. It shouldn't be two different types of fruit. You see, what he's saying is if we grasp who God is and if we grasp who people are and understand that they are God's very likeness, his image, if we claim to love God, then we will love them. If we claim to be praising God, then we will praise them. If we speak the truth to God, then we will speak the truth to them. What he's calling for is consistency. Now, you and I, I think, have a problem with this, don't we? We know that we're not consistent. Uh, Back in verse 2 of James 3, we all stumble in many ways. And I think one of the ways that we stumble is in the way that we use our tongues. We do struggle. Where can you find help and hope when it comes to this struggle that we have? Well, I want you to uh, hear from the words of Jesus. And I'm going to take you to the book of Matthew. And I want to read a few words from Jesus. Uh, Matthew 12 and verse 33. And I wonder whether James got this image uh, from Jesus himself. James 12, 33. Make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. Now he's speaking to the Pharisees here, these religious leaders, and he says to them, You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good that's stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Now keep in mind there, you've got a picture of what's within us comes out. If we're... Uh, good inside, that will flow out in good. If, if we're evil inside, that will flow out in evil. And the heart really is what he's getting at. And so if you turn on a few pages to Matthew chapter 15, this is what Jesus has to say. He says in 15 verse, uh, verse 18, But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. 
For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. It's not the outside going in that defiles us. It's the inside coming out. And particularly here, notice, through our words, uh, false testimony, slander, and so on. You see, the problem is not simply a problem of our tongues, our lips, our words. The problem is a heart problem. We've got, we've got a, an internal heart problem. Now, that doesn't necessarily make us feel any better, does it? We might have thought, well, look, I've just got a problem with a, a bit of a loose mouth. You know, I just say what I think too often. I know it's not helpful, but I wouldn't have really thought it was a heart problem. Well, Jesus says, what comes out of you reveals what's inside you. There is a heart problem. And I know it may not immediately make us feel better, but there's actually hope in understanding what the problem really is. So imagine this, somebody goes along to a doctor and they've got cracked lips. Um, and you think, well, gee, all I need is a little bit of lip balm to make it right. And the doctor says, hang on, this is actually showing up that there might be something else going on. And he does some tests and he discovers it's actually a heart problem. See, it's not simply the lips, it's the heart. Far better to know that it's the heart and not simply the lips because if you just keep putting on lip balm, you'll eventually die from the heart problem. Now, I don't even know medically whether that can be the case, but that's what Jesus is getting at here. It's not simply what goes on with the mouth. It's not the tongue. It's not the lips. It's not simply the words. It's what's going on in our very being. That's the issue. And that's more serious, but it means that we can find help because God is in the business of cleansing uh, unclean hearts. That's what he does. Jesus died so that our hearts could be made clean. I want to take you back to a passage in the Old Testament, uh, to the prophet Isaiah. And this has got a quite a colorful imagery about it. Uh, there's a, a vision that Isaiah sees. But listen to this. Uh, he's taken to the temple and he cries out in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 5, Woe to me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. See, he knows now that deep down he's, he's, he's got this problem. I mean, he just doesn't speak the truth. He doesn't honor people with his words. He's got unclean lips. And yet he's come into contact with God. Well, then verse 6, one of the seraphim, one of these angelic creatures, flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. And with it, he touched my mouth and, his mouth and he said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Now, the imagery here is that the way to cleanse the lips is by uh, a, a, a guilt and our sin being taken away. And our guilt and our sin being taken away is really to transform our hearts. So, friends, if you've got a problem with your words... If you've got a problem with your lips, if, if you speak one way and, and you treat people harshly, it may be that you're not actually a Christian. And so if that's the case, then, then you need to come to God and ask him to transform you from the inside out. Come to Jesus and find forgiveness. Or it might be that you are a Christian and you're stumbling and you're inconsistent and you're living with forked tongue and it should not be. 
And so ask God to give you wisdom. And I think if we remember that the people we're speaking to are precious to God, they'd be made in his image, that they show his likeness, then how we treat God might be how we start to treat our brothers and sisters and those around about us. Friends, let's ask God to change us from the inside out so that our words might be used to praise, might be used to honour, to bless, to encourage, to, to build up, to speak the truth rather than lies, slander and to cut down people made in the image of God. Let's pray that God will transform us from our hearts to our lips.